Hello friends, we're back on this feed to discuss, debate, and maybe argue about the 2024 Oscars. As was the case last year, the nominees were announced and it turns out we've got a lot of work to do. 2023 was a stellar year for movies. Many important figures of Hollywood made interesting films and there was a very worthy list of nominees. Imagine a year where Michael Mann, Ridley Scott, and David Fincher all made long gestating passion projects and not a single one received a nomination. For those new to the feed, welcome and thank you for joining. My name's Matt, I'm a teacher, I'm a film lover and I take this all very seriously. And with me will be my wife, Christina, who's also a teacher and much more interested in reading and human interaction and has a much more lighthearted approach to this. Together, we're going to examine each of the 10 nominated films and offer our explanations for why each film could win an Oscar on the big night. We won't always agree, we will veer off track, and we may spar verbally on our takes, hence our honey title. We're so happy you're listening, and we hope you enjoy the return of Ballot Boxing. Matthew. Yes. It's the front of the head. The front of the head. Oh, the front of the Not head. Not the back of the head. I showed him like this. The front of the head. <laughs> and that, folks, was Christina's reenactment of the one funny part in this movie. We are doing Killers of the Flower Moon. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm so nonplussed by this movie. Like, I don't even want to do this episode. No offense, dear listener, because oh. I'm just like, I don't even care I knew about this it. this was going to happen. Why? Because it was, it's long. So long. It's long, and that was going to test Ali- your patience. Alienating. It's not testing my patience. It's alienating to the audience. Continue. And I think that maybe you don't jive with the Scorsese energy exactly. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, and I don't know why that is, but and I don't want to be stereotypical. But I'm a feminist, yeah, maybe? Yeah, it could, could be. Although I think that... This... I generally speaking don't like men, and that's all that's in his movies because they're so long. Did, did you hear what you just said? What? Generally speaking, don't like men. Yes. Okay. And that's all that's in his movies. That's your next tattoo, right? <laughs> I like you. There's lots of men I do well, like. I'm just not saying, saying like, much for men. I'm saying like as a concept, men aren't always the best. So uh, why don't we just like generalize more fully and just say people aren't? Our kids are being because women aren't right the now. ones. That's true. But women aren't the women aren't the ones running the world, and the world's in pretty shitty shape right now. So, I think I can generalize and say on a fairly All right, so firm basis, coming in hotter than you came in on Barbie. Then is that what you're saying? I don't know if I could come in hotter than that. But right. anyways, it was fine. It was fine. I was just so nonplussed by it. Also, it didn't help that you and I read the book and both really enjoyed the book. Yes, and this uh, changed the narrative from the book. Took it from a different perspective. And change some very key characters. Most importantly, Ernest. Yeah. Ernest. Who knew is, exactly what he was doing yeah, he in was, real life. Yeah. In reality, he was a much more guilty mm-hmm. party than he yeah. is portrayed here. They Malevolent. Uh, they hide him. Yes, they hide him behind his stupidity. Mm-hmm. That you almost it's almost making a case that it's possible that he didn't know. Mm-hmm what he was doing mm-hmm. precisely. So Carl and I and didn't know fully what his uncle, the king, was doing. I think that it's it, you could you could certainly make a case for that. Carl and I were discussing at work, uh, friend of the pod, Carl, um, that 
I said, like, he's so stupid. And like, he doesn't even know he's poisoning his wife. He's like, oh, I think, I think he knows. I'm like, he doesn't know. Like, what evidence is there other than like the, the obviousness of the situation, right? But what evidence is there for Ernest to put it together that he's the one poisoning his wife? I don't think there is any. No, not until he, he has... believes what the doctors tell him and what his uncle tells him and has no reason to think otherwise. Yeah, it's not until he tries a little of the additive that's being put in the insulin mm-hmm. shots that uh, you get some sense that maybe it's dawning on him, but mm-hmm. like he's so slow on the uptake that it's been years mm-hmm. of him injecting her with or months. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how precisely how much time was supposed to have Many passed, months, I would well, say. Well, the children get, grow up. That's they true. grow up. So mm-hmm. it may have been years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was in reality. It's almost years. like um, uh, there was a court case recently. I'm trying to think of what one it was. And it was like a, the, oh, I know what it was. It was the school shooter whose mother is, is now going to jail on mm-hmm. behalf of, like the shooter is too, but so is the mom. And the shooter the dad's, took his own life. No, he didn't. He's no? in jail. Oh. Uh, I thought that too. We're all over the place so far. Well, that's all right. Uh, people love this. Um, he, th- th- it's a, a situation where like the same as that mom, like you should have known whether you knew or not is not the point here. You should have known. And mm. I agree with that. But I also think that, that Scorsese, I don't like that. He even made him debatably innocent. Yeah. Because in real life he wasn't. And most people, 90% of people in the world are going to, who see that movie are going to, know it was based on a true story especially with scorsese popping up at the end and doing his little moment well, we have to talk about what that what i know that means i figured end, but. um but i just think that most people are now going to think that that's the true story and it's not and that bothers me yeah they make him like just a hair's breadth more intelligent than forrest gump yeah right like he's he's a little bit more mm-hmm. put together yeah um, and he clearly knew he was doing bad things at the end when he confesses everything and spoiler alert and uh, he knew murdering people was wrong. And, you know, he was aware. Um, are we supposed to, I just realized this. Are we supposed to think at the end when, what's that wonderful actor's name? John Lithgow. When John Lithgow says, did your uncle give you a plan where you were going to murder all of her siblings, all of her sisters, in order to end up with the money? And he says, yes, sir. Yes, he did. Are we supposed to assume that, like, that was a scene we as the audience were not privy to. So he did know the entire time. I just realized that. Or do, or do you think he meant more like, did your uncle, were your uncle's actions apparent to you as being problematic for the people who are now murdered? Like, I just, I'm not sure which of those options that question means. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't, I don't even necessarily follow so Lithgow says to Leo, yeah. Lithgow says to Ernest in the, in the trial, in the trial, did your uncle present you with a plan where all of your wife's siblings were going to be murdered? And he says, yes, sir, he did. And he says, in order to get the Osage money. And he right. says, yes, sir, he did. So is that a scene that we weren't privy to? And Leo did know the whole time? Oh, no, I don't, I don't think so. It was, it's mentioned in the opening scenes when, um. DiCaprio's character when Ernest comes back from the war mm-hmm. and comes to check in with his uncle and mm-hmm. his uncle's like kind of doing a background check on him before mm-hmm. he brings him on the staff essentially. Yeah. Uh, you know, these headrights are very important. They're very valuable. And we got to make sure they stay in the family. 
And I think it was framed in that way to him all the way along. So he thought that what he was doing was ensuring that they say like, wealthy. Like when Bill and Rita are blown are up. blown up, it's really about um like Rita he was already killing Rita. Mm-hmm. But they couldn't have Bill who was as equally as slimy mm-hmm. as King Hale mm-hmm. and was doing the same things that many of the other people in this community in reality were doing. Mm-hmm. Couldn't have the head rights go to him. Mm-hmm. So needed to knock him off at the same time as, as Rita. It was yes. strategic. And it was, it was framed in such a way that it was like, this is a necessary thing to do. Mm-hmm. And it's clear that DiCaprio's character is supposed to be Ernest is supposed to be like morally bankrupt from his time in the war and probably from before that. And that gives him an excuse as well, which I also don't like. Yeah, I don't know. Right? Like, there's just. Yeah. So So even. But he's also just so easily manipulated, Mm -hmm. gullible, and dumb Mm -hmm. um, that he doesn't. He didn't really. Like, he knew the scope of King's Empire and he knew that uh, there was a lot of nefarious stuff going on and he knew that people were dying. Mm -hmm. But he's he's not pulling the trigger on anything. He's, he's able to, um, he's just like a middleman. Mm-hmm. Kind of he's a lousy able to, one, but yeah, he's able he, to like offload it. He's distanced yeah. himself in some ways from, from what was going on. Mm-hmm. Interesting. We totally don't have time for a recap now of this hugely complicated well, can, movie. We can recap Thank it quickly. You. All right. So Leonardo DiCaprio, Ernest comes back from the war, goes, they never explain why he doesn't go back to his closer family, his parents or whoever goes uh, with an opportunity with his uncle, who's played by Robert De Niro, who's great in this. Mm-hmm. They're all so good. Mm-hmm. Um, who is basically running like a mafia pyramid scheme with uh, these indigenous people, Osage people who live in Kansas. Oklahoma. Oklahoma. And uh, they've been given a reserve by the government. And then it turns out that under that reserve is copious amounts of oil, making them the richest people in the United States for a brief period of time. Uh, problematically though, they are not given their money. They have like overseers. They're all deemed to be incompetent. And so they have white overseers that they have to go and ask for their money from. Uh, and there's all these white guys coming and marrying into the Osage community in order to get the money. That's right. And uh, Leo's uh, uncle, King, is slowly but surely knocking people off, marrying his family into the Osage community, and then knocking off the women in order to get their head rights, which is really their money. Uh, and is getting richer and richer. The Osage people love him because they don't understand. They don't know what he's doing. And um, things sort of uh, deteriorate from there until the FBI is brought in, the very original beginning of the FBI, who is uh, the head of that is played by Jesse Plemons. And he figures the whole thing out, takes him to court, and everybody goes to jail. He figures out an element of it anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Figures out enough yeah. to have the whole house figures of cards crumble. To, yeah, to put Hale away. Yeah. yeah, and Ernest. Yeah, and we can talk about how that this differs from where the book, the book continues along oh, man, this I'm path. I'm proud of myself. That was a really Yeah, good, you got through it. Yeah. Um, so we'll take a quick The best break. part of the movie is Ernest's wife. I'm going to put that out there right now. Lily Gladstone. Yeah, changing my prediction on who's going to win best picture, or best uh, actress. Okay, we'll be right back. Break time. <laughs> proud of myself yeah it was it was about a hundred and hundred seconds or so yeah you told us of me talking very quickly three and a half hour movie yeah i wonder if people i wonder if there's people who listen to this that have to slow me down i listen to this when i like 
Yes, like, I know. What do you call it? Uh, like Proof quality it. Quality checking yes. it. I listen at 1.3. And is it a lot? Which makes me sound like I've just had like a strong cup of coffee and it makes you sound like the I'm on a drive on speed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. So you were saying that... Um, Lily Gladstone. Lily Gladstone really God, stole the show. so good. Also, okay, let's just talk about the acting for a second. So Robert De Niro, best I've ever seen him. I think you're going to disagree because you've seen more De Niro movies than me. Yeah. But like he wasn't, he wasn't De Niro in his normal De Niro-y way, I didn't think. He hasn't done something, a, made a, done a performance of this high quality in mm -hmm. quite a while. Yes. Leo, so good. Mm -hmm. Oscar, stolen from him on this one. Like, how many times does that happen to him? Also, I know he doesn't care. And I know he thinks, like, the Academy hates him and whatever. Maybe that's true. But um, just so good. And then I couldn't believe he didn't even get a nomination. Yeah, and I said amazing. to you, it is amazing. And I said to you, like, he's going to go his whole career and never get acknowledged by that group of individuals. But he's won one. He hasn't. Yes, he I will. I will bet you $100 right now Leonardo DiCaprio has not won an Oscar. He didn't win for The Revenant? No. She said less convincingly. <laughs> I'm reasonably sure no. Hang on, let me check. I, this is the kind of thing that I should know really? cold. But Seriously. There's a lot of Oscars. So that he's great. Them. But I, I said to you last night that uh, we really need to watch Rustin after we're done these 10. So get ready for bonus episodes, folks. Because uh, I feel like if that person, help me. Coleman Domingo. Was not nominated for Rustin, it would have been Leo with a bullet. Because right, the other four nominees are all from the Best Picture nominees. Yes. So I can't imagine that that it's just it's like a weird outlier. Yeah. Almost, I feel like a uh, excuse. Yeah. Yeah. I agree that the acting is very very good, um, and that Lily Gladstone is um, head and shoulders above expectations. I think that uh, for a relatively unknown actor, you're right. So I owe you a hundred dollars. Yeah. I owe you a hundred dollars. Uh, he's been nominated. Several times. Yeah. Oh my God. The Aviator. What's eating Gilbert Grape? The Aviator, Blood Diamond, Wolf of Wall Street, The Revenant. And that's when he won. Did he do a speech? Was he there? Yeah. Oh my God. What? Am I wrong about the fact that like he often doesn't go? Does he only go if he's nominated? I, no, I think he's he's there when he's nominated. Mm. That's how most of them do it. They don't, so I guess look forward to seeing him in a suit in a couple of weeks is what you're telling me. Yeah. Excellent. A tuxedo. And, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes. Okay, we we're I feel, I feel really unfocused tonight. I don't feel like we're we're sharp. So let's. I feel sharp. You Continue. Feel sharp? What do you okay. want to say? Uh, I don't know. So oh, why don't boy. we just? I want to know. Uh, we'll get into our regular format here. Why do you think that this might be a film that could win Best Picture? I know you said you didn't enjoy it particularly, but if it's to win, Ugh. why would it win? Really good acting performances. Yeah. The Americana of it all, in like the in, I was say the best possible way, which sounds awful, but I just mean like. Americans can watch this movie and feel like they learned something and like it's like they they've progressed since then. Uh -huh. It's got the FBI angle, like just like, you know, like a, like an important American institution worked in there. It's true story and Scorsese. Like it's got a lot of check marks going for it. Mm -hmm. I just didn't particularly enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you on a few of those things. I think that the like the large scale true story confronting an American crime head on. Yes. Is yeah, I think that it will it will appeal to a certain segment of the population who wants truth to be known. Now, we, having read the book, know that there's things that are fudged here that are um, changed. Problematic, to say the least. Problematic. Um, but it's also, Americans, it's funny because they, and please, I don't intend any offense to our American listeners. We love you, but Greta. They are 
20 or 30 years behind Canada in their reckoning with the mistreatment yes. of indigenous so, people. Yes, so true. So like they're just <laughs> becoming a like, The New York Times had something not too long ago. In the last like, 12 months. Hey, like, turns out we had... We were awful. We were bad. <laughs> and like, we've been wallowing in that in that since like 1990 mm-hmm. here. So, and and really before that, there mm-hmm. were, there were indicators that um, uh, the Canadian government had done wrong and that yes. we needed to make um, some sort of attempt to reconcile that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that there's, as you said, masterful direction by Scorsese um, and brilliant supporting work from the editing and the cinemat- cinemat- cinematographer and mm-hmm. um, it, all the costumes, everything just is top, top level, mm-hmm. right? There's no, like, obviously no expense was spared. I think the budget on this was like $250 million. There were some editing mistakes, I noticed. Editing mistakes. Yeah, like a couple of times. It happened with Rita's husband, once where when him and Leo are having that like pretty intense conversation, yeah. he says, I just don't like you, Bill. Yeah. Um, which like, I think I'm going to use that line more with people. Mm-hmm. I just don't like you. Um, they are, he like turned one way. And then when the camera, like in the next instant turned back, his head was the other way. Oh, like, little minor continuity things. Continuity. Yeah. yeah. It was all continuity things. Yeah. A couple of um, necktie issues, like that yeah. kind of thing where I was like, I expect better. Yeah. I, there were, there were a couple of like, you ruined me. I never used to notice those uh, Like places. hard cuts yes. uh, to other places and times. Yes. And the, But that's... In particular, the kid dying at the end. I was like, what the hell? Whose kid yeah. is that? Yeah. That was... That felt like there was uh, an additional scene or two that was cut. missing. Mm-hmm. We knew that the child was sick. And then the mm-hmm. next thing is she's... Yeah. She's dead, but like... Bed. Yeah, it's strange. Yeah, that was tough. Yeah. Um, and as you said, I think bringing Lily Gladstone to our attention and giving her an opportunity. And she like holds the screen mm-hmm. very ably with, with DiCaprio and with De Niro. Mm-hmm. Um, she, it's a little bit, it's a little bit one note. Mm-hmm. I think that in the first sequences when she's being wooed mm-hmm. and she's allowing herself to sort of be charmed by him and she laughs and smiles and, and sort of almost acts sort of maternally mm-hmm. towards him. Um, and, and you can see her caring and the, the, there's something there, but then her character just suffers so much tragedy throughout the film that um, she becomes just like miserable and just spends a lot of time crying and then a lot of time being poisoned. Mm-hmm. So she's rolling around and sweating and moaning in bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would be tough to do that. Yeah. Right. Like I think, I think uh, it's a much more affecting and memorable performance than mm-hmm. Emma Stone's. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel like she's a shoe in. I've got people in my life that are not going to like that sentence. Well, I'm sorry, but, uh, you know, like, <laughs> it's our podcast. Yeah, so, so Emma Stone, you know, what I, there's a, what she did, did in poor things physically was mm-hmm. really impressive. And I'm not talking about her nudeness. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about like the toddling around and the, like the way she, she moved, uh, as she matured mentally. Mm-hmm. And that movie was quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was better. But at the end of the day, like, yeah. I don't know, that, that could be broad and comical because it didn't need to be accurate to anything, whereas Gladstone's character needed to be tangible, real. Why can't it win? Give oh, I got, I got more. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I think it's one of Leo's best performances. And I thought, as I agree with you, that De Niro shows that he still has mm-hmm. the goods. And I think that's that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I think the casting is outstanding. Mm-hmm. Like from the, from the extras to small role players mm-hmm. uh, to supporting actors. Yeah, and then to some some pretty 
interesting cameos that take place towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really good. Gorgeously shot, beautiful cinematography. I'm so happy mentioned. Brendan Fraser was in it because I was just like, oh, I love you so much. And and this does what Scorsese's done well in the past, which is blending like an historical look at crime. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's really successful here. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot of reasons why it could win. The reasons I, I would say no. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you agree with me on this. I'm sure I will. It's too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that attention spans. You of wondered if I'd agree with you on that, eh? All right. <laughs> um, it may be seen as capitalizing on this mm-hmm. tragedy, um, commercializing it, softening it, mm-hmm. um, and that people who know the truth of the situation may feel like, how dare they? Like it's too audacious to yeah. to take this approach. I think, like my cousin in England, um, Natasha, it did not like this movie. Mm-hmm. She mentioned it when she was here visiting mm-hmm. Christmas. And uh, it's for that reason, mm-hmm. right? That like it, it, it pulled punches and mm-hmm. it, it, it centered the men and it, mm-hmm. uh, it, it uh, was disingenuous. Yeah. And she really didn't like the ending. I think I have a different take on the ending, which we can discuss later. All right. And I think um, maybe, maybe Leo's presence in this movie bothers some voters who, mm-hmm. like, if, if he is persona non grata somehow, yeah. that, that may be a, a detriment. Um, we, so those would be my reasons. We have to take a break. Okay. I don't I don't think there's real any any real reasons why it shouldn't win. Yes. Other than other it's than, up against some stiff competition. Other than, other than other things being better. But all else being equal, this I think this is an exceptionally good film. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm glad I saw it again. Yes. I missed the first 20 minutes being stuck in traffic the first time I tried Her, to see it. Yeah. All right. Quick break and we're back with questions. Not lots. All right. Okay. and watch the Leonardo DiCaprio uh, winning an Oscar in 2020. And I said to Matt, I definitely did not see this. And Matt said, no, we didn't, we didn't stay up that year. No, and I watching. said, why not? And I said, oh yeah, we didn't have a podcast. Then Matt had an even better point, which is- We had little children. We had little children. That's right. Now yeah. the children are not so little because that was in 2020. And- No, that yeah. was that was further back than no, that. No, it was in 2020. Really? No, it wasn't. The Revenant was not in 2020. Okay. It was not only just four years ago. There's no way. If that, if I'll give you your hundred dollars back if that's the case. Oh, you're right. 2020 was uh, Oscar nominee for, um, for Once yeah. Upon a Time in Hollywood. 2016. So yeah, 2016. So we yeah. had really little kids. Oh my god, we had a one year old. No wonder I wasn't staying up. Jesus, <laughs> it was the worst time for sleep. Okay. Anyways, um, he's dreamy. Let's just let's just get that out of the way. Uh, less dreamy in this movie, but. When he gets dressed up and gets put in a suit. Well, he's got like the dumb haircut and my the false Lord. teeth here. And, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, he cleans up good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Been a fan since Titanic. We know this. Yeah. I think he looks better, heavier, as he's gotten older. Like, he was he was really skinny. Yeah, he's aging well, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I think his head looked too big for his body He'll be a good-looking older man, too. Yes. Oh, big surprise. Yeah. Tough, tough break. Yeah. He keeps getting older, but the chicks keep staying <laughs> safe. <laughs> All right. All right. Not touching that. <laughs> uh, okay, so I have questions for you. Mm-hmm. And... Feel free to pass on any of these if you don't feel like you have the information. All right, I'm okay. ready. All right. Do you like Scorsese's films? I don't know. Which other movies has he done? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Matt has a moment where he thinks, how did I marry this woman? Um, okay. The Godfather movies, right? No. Oh, I thought that was him. No. Who did those? Francis Ford Coppola. Oh, different guy. Okay. Um, tell me other movies. I like Shutter Island. You just told me that that was one that he yeah. did. Taxi Driver. Yeah, I didn't love that one. Raging Bull. Never seen it. King of Comedy. Don't know. After Hours. Nope. Um, Goodfellas. Yes, like that one. Cape Fear. Don't remember it. Casino. 
No, I haven't seen it. Oh, boy. Uh, the Aviator. Yes, liked it. Parted. Liked it. Wolf of Wall Street. Liked it. All right. Uh, Silence. You don't know it? Nope. Uh, this film. Mm-hmm. I feel like there was one before this that I liked, though, too. The Irishman? Oh, I hated that one. Yeah. Remember? You yeah. know why? Too long. Too friggin' long. Yeah. That one we stopped at the halfway point. Okay. Um, anyways, yeah. So most of those I liked, though. The ones that I've right. seen. If you don't regard him as the, the sort of master filmmaker that no, I, that I, I do. didn't say that. Don't put words in my mouth. Okay. I Of course he's a master filmmaker. He's Martin Scorsese. Not, I know what your... his name means. I just haven't seen a ton of his movies yeah. because, newsflash, Matt, I haven't seen a ton of movies. We did a whole season on it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, if this was his last film, because mm-hmm. he's he's getting up there. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of my favorites are getting up there. Yeah, but if this was a rough his, next decade for Matt. Well, there's there's some very able filmmakers that are yeah. upcoming and exciting. But um, you know, if this was his last film, do you think this is a satisfying way for him to end his career? I do. Um, yeah. I do, and I don't. I do because it's about uh, like a like you said, American crime story being dealt with, uh, but. Uh, I I don't love that he gave some people a pass that maybe didn't deserve it. Yeah, I, right. I, but yeah, I think so. It's yeah, I think he I think he'd be happy with it. Okay. Yeah. Um, what do you want to see next from Lily Gladstone? Oh, I don't know. I hope she doesn't get typecast into like. The... Well, we've seen her now as like a victim, and her indigeneity is like that's what I mean. Very uh, centered. I want to see her in, in a romantic comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that would be interesting. I think, like, I think she'd make a good cop too, or a yep. detective. Yep. Um, I have like, no idea, like, how old she is, or like, what her. I think, like, what her range is. Yeah, yeah, me neither. Yeah. But no, I'm, I'm a fan. Um, and I know what the answer is going to be, but I'm going to ask the question anyways to give you a moment to to vamp. Oh boy. Book or movie, which was better? That's a dumb question. <laughs> the point of the dumb question is for you to speak to speak on it. Go ahead. Uh, book, obviously, yeah. because it didn't pull any punches. It didn't give passes to the people that were absolutely guilty and made them seem innocent or bordering on innocent in this movie. Um, and I always like the book better than the movie. I, there are very few. If I like the cinematic experience better, it's because it's a TV show, not because. Yeah. Like I'm thinking of um, The Summer I Turned Pretty, right? That one, I liked the TV show better than I liked the book because the book is sort of dumb sort of written for grade seven and eight girls. Um, so yeah, I, I no book, absolutely book. Yeah. A hundred times over book. The book is so good. I agree. The book is very good. And the book does, it takes an entirely different narrative approach because it's essentially investigative journalism, right? Yes. So you, you don't know when you're reading the book that Bill Hale is a, mm-hmm. is a bad guy mm-hmm. and you don't know how bad the Burkharts are. Yeah. And you know that there's information about these murders that's dripping out slowly, mm-hmm. but you are on the same arc of discovery that the author is. Yeah, which is the same. It's an investigation, and he's trying to piece together yeah. what happened, retelling the investigation. So he, he he gives information sparingly, and so the reveal and ultimately the conviction of Hale mm-hmm. is like a real ghastly moment mm-hmm. because you're like, oh my god, what a betrayal. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the film, that evil is right on Front Street. Yeah. We know we know from that first sequence yeah. with De Niro in his lair, essentially, yeah. um, sort of spelling out his scheme without mm-hmm. being specific about, I'm going to kill these women and I'm going to take their money. He's, mm-hmm. he's implying all of that. Mm-hmm. So we have to sit there and, and live with the fact that like these 
very well-known actors, beloved actors, mm -hmm. are portraying characters who are vilely evil mm -hmm. and are going to be committing these atrocities all the way through in plain sight. And we have to reconcile that. Mm -hmm. The book doesn't ask us to do that. The book is the perspective us, of the FBI. Brings, but it's also like what we see in Killers of the Flower Moon the film mm -hmm. is only two thirds of what yeah. the book contains because the book also has a pretty powerful uh, third uh, act, uh, I guess, or, or um, you know, final third where mm -hmm. it becomes, it comes right up to the present. Yeah. And we find out that the, the Hale conviction was actually quite unsatisfying because while he was attached to murders and he was attached to all of this conspiracy, so were a whole bunch of other people. Mm hmm who had their own things going on. Yeah. So they caught Hale, but there were other murders that never got solved. And there were other bad guys who never uh, faced justice. Yeah. And then the things kept going. Like even after yeah. the FBI had come in and theoretically solved the Cleaned case, it up. the Bill White character, Jesse mm -hmm. Plemons, the FBI investigator, mm -hmm. was never fully satisfied yeah. with the outcome because he thought that there was maybe more yeah, meat were, on the bone. Yeah, there were still unsolved murders. There were still lots of other rackets, the same as Bill Hale's going on. And they gloss over that in the movie too. When Bill Hale goes to prison and Scorsese, and, and there's like a voiceover where people said like, like he got out in 1949 or whatever. People said, oh, he, you know, was communicating with politicians while he was in jail. And like, no, that like he communicated with politicians and the politicians got him out. Yeah. Right. Like it, it was, it was much more... Uh, again, like, like political and malevolent and terrible in real life than it was in the movie. They didn't show you in the movie that part of it. Right. Okay. Uh, the big questions. This is Scorsese Coda at the end. Yeah. The radio play, mm -hmm. and then he comes to the microphone and reads the uh, the obituary that was in the newspaper. Mm -hmm. um, what was your read on that? How did you feel about that? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Pass. Like when I, when I, the first time I saw it, I thought he has no business being on screen here. Mm -hmm. Right. And I was like, how dare you put yourself mm -hmm. centrally in this film? And that again was Natasha's perspective. Mm -hmm. um, but I think there's something about the radio play and how like, frankly, stupid it was mm -hmm. um, and how it cheapens what was happening. I mean, it doesn't give us the, the, the ending that the, like every, everything dramatically that had been built up to that point is then like undercut by this stupid radio show. But I think the radio show was meant to symbolize the film in the same way. Like the film had no business telling the story the way it told it. Mm. And the truth is actually almost unfilmable. It is not an entertainment. Mm -hmm. And I think Scorsese coming to the microphone. It almost breaks the fourth wall. It breaks the fourth wall. Yeah. I think it entirely does. And I think it's Scorsese's uh, apology to say like, listen, I made this movie. Mm -hmm. um, it, we did the best we could, mm -hmm. but I can't do justice to what actually happened here. Yeah. And that the only, the real truth is, is like in the Osage people. And I think the cutaway at the end to the, the healing circle mm -hmm. and, and pulling up into the sky mm -hmm. is very symbolic, obviously, but I think it's meant to represent like the, the only real story lies with these people mm -hmm. and that like, you know, how dare I, we tried, but like, how dare we do this? So I think it was actually, um, I think it was uh, pretty profound. Are you telling me that we watch a three and a half hour movie only to have the director come on the screen and say, go read the book? I think so. <laughs> Honestly, I think so. I think it's like, yeah, I think it's an acknowledgement. Mm -hmm. The radio, the radio play, is an acknowledgement that 
the movie failed to do what it really should well, have justice. done. It's not, a, it's not a documentary. Yeah. And that we had to make choices. Mm-hmm. And making the choices in the film was, is as arbitrary as having a Foley guy yeah. making noises on paper and ringing bells and slamming doors yeah. and while stage actors come to the microphone reading off of, off of sheets. That was Jack White, by the way. Was it really? Yeah. It was one of the I never one of the readers. Him. Yeah, he's got a haircut. What a weird uh, Yeah, weird little why, why? I don't why? know. I don't even know why. Um so I I think that the Scorsese coda, like I think it I think it worked yeah. for me this time. At least that's how I justify it in my head. And I, I don't know if uh I don't know if it's it, I don't know if it's the right read. But I I think that it's uh, a read and I think it's worthy of of discussing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Last, I have two questions. They both deal with rankings. Okay. Okay. I'm struggling, man. Um, So here are the six films that Scorsese has done with Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to make the Oscar ones. No, here they are. I'm going to ask you what you think the ranked order of these should be. Okay. Have I seen them all? I think so. All right. So The Departed. Mm Mm-hmm. The Aviator, mm-hmm. The Wolf of Wall Street, mm-hmm. Shutter Island, Gangs of New York, and this film. Which is their best collaboration of those six, in your estimation? I'm going to say... Dead Air. Yep. Um... I should whistle or something, although nobody... Yeah, you don't, don't like that. Don't do that. Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street's their best? Mm-hmm. Then The Aviator. And then Departed. No. Oh, it's tough. It is tough. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street, Killers of the Flower Moon, Departed, Aviator, Shutter Island Gangs in New York tied for dead last. I like Shutter Island, but I'm not going to say it's a good movie. Yeah. It was like a silly ghost story. It's so stylish. It's stylish. Very stylish. Sure, and very but there's no substance yeah, there. No. It's like fashion. It's like the fashion version of a movie. I think most people would say Wolf of Wall Street first. It's, it's so entertaining. Been a, it's been a minute since I've seen it. Mm. Um, and I found so many of the characters like totally unlikable. Mm-hmm. Um, I put Killers at the top of the mm-hmm. list here. And then I put Wolf second. And then I'd throw Aviator Departed, Departed Aviator yeah, in some order. Yeah. Shutter Island, Gangs of New York. So we agree, basically. Yeah. Look at us agreeing. Although like, there's there's parts of Gangs of New York that I, I find so, oh, yeah. so good. Daniel Day Lewis is so good. Well, Cameron Diaz just sort of oh, my God. undermines the whole thing. Yeah. Um, she's just so anachronistic. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's such a 20th century woman mm-hmm. that didn't make any sense having her there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's here's my re-rank order of the films. We've seen nine. I don't think it's fair that you have written down nine movies in order. Like, and I have I didn't I didn't get a chance to do that. Well, that's why I'm gonna read mine and then you can look at the list as I'm reading it and All you right. can make suggestions or edits. Mm. Okay? All right. So working my way up from the bottom. I'm ready. I think poor things is the least of the nine sure. that we've looked at so far. And I know mm-hmm. that's a hot take, controversial that many <laughs> people don't like that I that I suggested that. I just Unfortunately, the humor didn't hit me. I know. And it's still not hitting me. Like I've, I've tried to think about it. I've read a lot about it. And it's just not getting there. Yep. <clears throat> I put Barbie ahead, and I didn't particularly think that... I didn't think Barbie was bad, but I, in, rel- in relation to these other ones. Like, yeah. I got Maestro next. Okay. I have Past Lives just slightly ahead okay. of Maestro. <clears throat> I have Zone of Interest next after that. Mm-hmm. 
but it could be flip a coin between it and Oppenheimer, which mm -hmm. is my number four. I'd have Killers of the Flower Moon three, American Fiction two, and The Holdovers one. And wow. I acknowledge that those are sentimental picks. Mm. That's me with my heart. Me with my head says Oppenheimer one, and it's 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 a huge lead. Yeah. Well. Well. No. And yeah. Like this is your list. If you were the only Academy yeah, voter, yeah. If I was yes. voting, uh, that's where I would. Yeah. Land. Uh, I think I pretty much agree with you. Except no, I wouldn't. I because I, I would do Poor Things Barbie, Maestro. Although Maestro, I I mean like you've ranked it low at number seven out of nine, but like you, I don't know if you remember, but we enjoyed it and uh, I really Carrie Mulligan it. was good. I really liked it. Um, so Poor Things Barbie at the bottom. Then I'd go Past Lives. Sorry, friends that disagree with me. Then Maestro. Close the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, Zone of Interest, and then Holdovers American Fiction. Yeah. Yeah. American Fiction is still my number one. Yeah. I just think it asks important questions in an approachable way. Yeah. So what do we have left? We got uh, just Anatomy, Anatomy of the Fall. Fall, which we're going to have to That's it. rent or buy. Yes. And uh, and then we may take a crack at a couple of the foreign language films. We're going to watch Rustin. Act Rustin. Okay. We've got to watch Nyad as well then. We've got to watch all the Netflix ones that have acting performances in them that are nominated. Okay. Um, I don't know why I'm not enthusiastic about Rustin. I don't, I don't even I don't, know what it's I don't, about. Well, I don't tell a, me. Yeah. I don't want to know. I like um, going into things blind. So much better yeah, for me. Yeah. I know that it's a big performance. Yeah. I've heard that. Mm -hmm. But I've also, I've been tainted by listening to The Ringer. And, right. And like they were being sort of like lukewarm about the film mm. the performance is good but the film eh. well that would make sense considering he didn't get a, a yeah. nominated for anything else right no. yeah so that's i've been watching at. some of the shorts thank you friend of the pod carl for setting me up with some of those yeah. uh i watched two of the short like live action one was called the after which was just depressing as hell jesus and uh the other one was not depressing at all and it was called the wonderful life of henry sugar which had Benedict Cumberbatch, Ben Kingsley, Ralph Fiennes playing Roald Dahl. Like, talk about a list of check marks for Christina. Yeah. Um, Dev Patel, and directed by Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson, yeah. And it's a Roald Dahl story. It's adorable. Yeah. Like, I'm going to watch with the kids this weekend. It's so cute. Um, and then there's one more that's on YouTube that I can watch, which the name is escaping me right now. Nights something. I don't know. Um, so I've watched those. I'm hoping to watch some of the animated ones. But I'm excited for Anatomy of the Fall because I'm excited to get our last one for the nominated movies in, and then we can really do some deep dive ranking. Yeah, we have to, yeah, and have a couple couple little fun episodes before mm -hmm. we'll do an ultimate. We're going to do a ballot episode at some point too. Oh yeah, we make our picks. Yeah, um, and then a reaction afterwards. Yeah, and then that'll be it for the season. Oh, so we've done like the lion's share of the work. In the in the keynote, I say we had a lot of work to do, and it has occasionally felt like work yes. tracking these things down and getting a chance to see them. But we've now seeing the two longest films yes um and uh we're in the home stretch certainly so. i'm still proud of us too for finding the ones in the theater and actually like figuring out a way to get there and watch them yeah yeah the double feature was fun even that if was we fun didn't love one of them yeah, yeah. that's okay yeah. uh okay so we'll watch anatomy of the fall at some point this weekend and come back with our final um full title episode and then we're on to the uh sort of finale episodes yep okay now yep. another long pod here Thanks, honey. Could have been longer. Could have been longer. We had we had lots of things. It's a three and a half hour long movie. I don't think anyone's going to be worried about a 40 yeah. minute podcast. All right. All right. Well, we'll see you soon. Bye for now. Bye.